All right, welcome into an instant reaction podcast from the uh, Patriot Nation Network over here. It's your boy Pat Lane, as always, my guy Matt St. Jean. And as always, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston. They are the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. And Matt, uh, this is no short, nothing less than one of the worst games I've ever seen in my entire life. Just absolutely atrocious on all ends of it, the Patriots were terrible, but the, the Chargers didn't play much better. No, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, the game today, like, it's just, it's it's so, like, insane and sad that we've come back around it being, like, kind of morbidly hilarious yeah. to watch what this team has become. Especially when it's, like, I think the point that broke me today was when the offense finally showed signs of life. And the offensive line is just plowing through. And Ramondre is getting it done. And then, of course, he gets hurt, fumbles and the fumbles. ball in the process, yeah. and that's it. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, that's that's the game. And, I mean, that's how the season's gone, too. I know we're going to get into the offensive woes, but just another injury yep. to the pile. And defense is good enough to keep it a one-score game. The Patriots now lead the league in one-score losses this season, I believe, with seven. They flashed that during the, the game. It's so It's unreal. The 2023 New England Patriots. Means you're close. But all right, uh, I forgot to do the intro song. Here's the intro song. And listen, this is one I'm shocked. And maybe maybe it's just because you even said you didn't know you didn't know this song. I'm surprised they didn't play this. Too young, Pat. Uh, I guess that's true. I'm surprised they didn't play this at the game. But so I'm rectifying that problem right here. And uh, we got I think I think we got a pretty good intro. Here we go. I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly. When the rain hits my window, I take it. All right, that's enough. Little Missy Elliott back in the day with Missy Elliott with Timbaland. Uh, that song, but I was like, they got to play. It can't stand the rain. They did not. But as Matt pointed out, uh, they did play Cease Little CCR. Have you ever seen the rain coming down on a, on a sunny day? And everyone was singing along, uh, which yeah. was fun. If there's, for anybody out there who hasn't checked it out, there's an old article now, uh, must be three or four years old, that The Athletic did. It was an interview with the guy who DJs the Patriots games and also, cool. I think, the Bruins and Celtics. And he talked about having a whole playlist for, like, rain games, for songs to play in those scenarios. And uh, Have You Ever Seen the Rain was on there. And now every single time I hear it played at Gillette, I think back to that one article. So I'll, I'll have to see if I can find it and tweet it out later. And the guy's on Twitter, too. I think he I think if you're at sporting events, he's DJing, and you, like, tweet at him with a song request. Sometimes he plays it, so... That's a cool. That's a cool idea. Maybe yeah. next time. Next time with the tweet. If maybe that would have worked out <laughs> if I had tweeted that. I'm like, hey, get up, play "Don't Can't Stand the Rain" by Missy Elliott. Like, come on now. So, but um, but no. Anyways, look. I mean, it was an awful game. As Matt pointed out, we did meet up. Um, I think right before halftime, which was cool. I was cool. Matt Minuto again, not me. Yes, that's correct. Not not this Matt. You Matt you Minuto. have met Matt. You've Matt met Matt Minito. Minito. Matt Minito. You've met yes. Matt Minito more times than you've met me in That's person. That's true. So. And it's the only one. So, um, but no, it's cool. It's cool. And and you know, it's it's uh, yeah. It was it was just it was so bad. And you know, what I said to Matt, like, 
I didn't care. Like I, I cared because yeah. of course I care about him, but like I have a voice. I wasn't yelling. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't normally at the games. I don't have a voice because I'm yelling and screaming. Nicole, even, my wife even said to me, she's like, wait, how come you have a voice? Like what's going on? And I was like, what, what am I supposed to yell at? There's nothing to get mad at. There's nothing to get excited about. Like, it's just, you know, it's you, you want them to lose. Right, because we want to get the pick, and now because Arizona won today, they ha- they're in the number two slot. Carolina was in the lead for about four seconds, but but because because um, you know because Arizona wins now you're in the two spot. You want to get the best pick possible, right? What's challenging about that is that it becomes difficult to you know to feel good about the team and to enjoy the team when they're playing so poorly, right? Yeah, I will say like the, the the other the other one for me is that I just feel like, as you said, they've lost a ton of one score games, right? They have 10 losses. Seven of them have been by, by one score. They got blown out by the uh, Cowboys and they got blown out by the Saints and they get blown out by another team. Um, uh, they had the uh, what do you call it? They didn't get blown out. It was the two score loss to the Dolphins, which was a one score Dolphins. game late in the fourth. Until right, the right, defense right. That's it. Gave up yes. that play, and that was, was I think that was Jack Jones who messed up that assignment on the late Dolphins touchdown. It was. Yeah, that it was. was kind of the play that started things in the the final descent there out of the building for him. Yeah, and so you know it's one of those it's one of those things, but like it's, it, I don't know, man. Like the fact that seven of those games are one score games. I mean, it's pretty impressive the fact that the defense has kept them in it. I mean, today was an example. It was just like, do anything. Just do anything. I mean, they they lost six to nothing. (laughs) Like, it is insane to think about. And I think what's really funny, too, is you look at the stats. The Patriots and the Chargers had the same number of first downs. The Patriots outgained them by 16 yards, had more yards per play, and killed them on the ground, 148 to 29 there. But, you know, at penalties, they had less penalties for less yards than L.A. did. But there's the the one turnover in there, which kills you. And I think it was what the, the punt return, is that what it was, that set up the other field goal yes. for the Chargers? Yep. There was not a single snap taken inside the red zone for this entire game on either team, except for, I think, the last kneel down by the Chargers. That's Right, after the, yeah. Which was at after the 20-yard line. Right? So it's... Uh, that kind of football game. And I, I I look at a game like this and the way it went down and I, it's one of two things, either Staley and the GM there for the chargers need to go immediately. Uh, or this means Bill Belichick needs to stay. <laughs> like it's one of those because there's, there's no reason this should have been a one score game yeah. how the Patriots played today. And yet here we are. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting about it is that, uh, someone tweeted out, and I don't remember who it was. Someone tweeted out that, you know, Quentin Johnson's one of the worst first down, uh, first down, first round uh, tight ends ever. Ever. Maybe it was it's Nikhil Harry. Uh, yeah, sorry, wide receiver. First round wide receivers. <laughs> easy, uh, easy to assume. Yeah. The problem is, I'm all screwed up. I'm watching, I said first down and I said tight end. I'm watching the Chiefs game right now and they just threw it first down <laughs> past the Taylor Swift boyfriend. But, but it's, you know, the, the thing about it is that. He's really bad. He's really bad. He's slow. He can't catch very well. It's just like what what did they see in him to, to have him be the first wide receiver taken, to draft him over 
both Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. I just don't see, I don't understand. It's like when the Patriots have to Nikhil Harry, it's like, I just don't understand what you saw in that guy. When this is, and this is this is worse than the Harry one to me because at least Harry was like super productive and like his tape was questionable, but he was also like very consistent with what he was good at, and he had what right. looked like legitimate football skills. Right. And By the way, Johnson, he didn't. I, I, sorry, as Matt pointed out, he was the second wide receiver taken. Yeah. Matt, me and Jack pointed out second wide receiver JSN went went twenty instead of twenty one. Yeah. Yes. But no, Quentin Johnston, I, I had him as a first-round receiver, but he was also very much a boomer bust guy. Freak right. athlete, can do everything on a football field. Can he catch the football? Can he run routes? Sometimes. How often? You know, it was really a, a big question mark. You watch his highlight reel, and he looks like he could be Devontae Adams out there. And you also watch some of his games, and you question why this guy had a scholarship in college. Right. Like, that's yeah. that's how it was. And I don't, I don't mind buying in on a guy like that in the first round. But my thing for the Chargers is like you're – the Chargers are what the Patriots are right now, but just like supercharged in that their offense has a lid on it. They have nobody who can stretch the field. Everything's within 10 yards. The yeah. problem for the Chargers is they can't run the ball at all. Their offensive line is awful. They have no team speed. So even though they have a superhuman at quarterback who can throw the ball 75 yards, you can't take advantage of it at all. So you're just living in these tight windows and living in yep. these third and longs. And that's why it looks like what the Patriots do. And well, and Quentin Johnson was always a raw developmental guy. Why you're counting on a guy like that in year one to change that makes no sense. Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison were both much more polished guys who are also legitimate deep threats right now. And uh, passing on them, I think, is, you know, yeah. is practice there. You know, it's... One of the things that I, one of the things for me, right, is like if if you're in that situation, and I think I think what they what they have in spades, by the way, what they have a, a lot is guys that are big guys that are skilled and can go get the ball. Keenan Allen does a great job of it, right? Um, uh, Mike Mike Williams does a great job, but Mike Williams is hurt all the time. But still, yeah, Josh Palmer. He's John good at Palmer it. Does a great job, yeah, right? but he's so, injured. <laughs> but they don't have any fast guys. Like, why Zay Flowers would be the perfect guy for that situation? He's got the speed, and even if you want to go with that, with Addison, those are guys that can stretch the field, right? They can they can beat you with their speed. They don't have a guy like that, and they went out and drafted um, essentially at his best a Mike Williams clone. And it's like, well, you have Mike Williams already. Why are you drafting another guy like Mike Williams? It doesn't make any and, sense. And Quentin Johnson could become like that deep threat, I think, because he has the really high end speed, but we knew it was going to take a little bit of time for him to collect. He was, you know, you look at the reason I said Devontae Adams, it took Devontae Adams like three or four years in the league to put it all together and break out. And that's right. the kind of guy Johnson would be if, if, if he does end up succeeding here in the NFL. And I just, um, I didn't, I, I never got that. There was yeah. kind of an obvious landing spot here. And then beyond the deep threat stuff, they also don't have guys who create after the catch. Keenan Allen used to be that guy. He still is that guy at points, but you know he's old now. You can see yeah, it. He's not consistent. He doesn't have that juice anymore. And give it like it's basically all possession receivers. So giving a guy who had after the catch juice, like either of those guys we talked about, I think right. made sense. Johnston has it in theory, but he's more you know schemed touches. He's a very different athlete than like Kadarius Tony, but it's still very much the same schematic problems on offense. Right. 
Yeah, so it's strange. But anyways, that back to the actual game. I mean, there was almost nothing to see. It was crazy. I mean, the Patriots defense, I, I think they're approaching elite level. Like, they're getting to the point where the Patriots defense is very close to elite. Um, and, you know, I think that the Chargers offense, as I said, isn't necessarily, you know, hasn't been the best all year long. But my goodness, man, the Patriots, the Patriots defense just consistently, and we're talking about, you know, John Jones, J.C. Jackson, Miles Bryant. Right, Jalen Mose made a player too. Right, I mean, we're not talking about guys yeah. in the secondary, and you know, and and obviously Doug is back there and, and whatnot. But like, and then you have Barmore at the middle. Godshaw, had, I thought, had a good game today. Lawrence Guy played pretty well, I thought. Anthony Jennings is a guy that I think is proving himself to be a guy that is a reliable edge player. Maybe not a pass rusher, but he's certainly a reliable edge player against the run. I mean, he's been solid against the run all year long. It was again today. Made some really nice plays today. So even Josh Uche made a play today, which is like yeah. I haven't heard his name in, in a month and a half. So nice it was game. nice. It was nice to see. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you say that they're elite, but also right now they're really bad at forcing turnovers. That's still something they have not been able to do all season long. And they still can't rush the passer. I think today was honestly a lot of LA not being very good on offense. <laughs> like yeah. I think there was a, there was a lot of that. And I mean the other issue, like I think. Patriots defense is doing a good job shutting teams down on the scoreboard right now. I do think some of that has to do with one, the teams they're playing and two, the fact that opponents know you only need to score about 10 points and you're guaranteed to win. Right. This, this stretch is against Gardner Minshew, Tommy DeVito. And I mean, I, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback, so he doesn't belong in that group, but a rainy day in Foxborough with a depleted offense. So yeah. listen, you're not wrong. I'll take it. Yeah. They've allowed 26 points in three games. Like, that's pretty it's, good, right? And very, now it's the best three game stretch of any defense this season, I believe. Yes. And they've allowed what, 68 in the last five? I mean, 68, games, 68 points in five games is nothing to sneeze at, right? And so they're, they're keeping teams off the scoreboard. Right, right. And you're right. The, the biggest thing for them is they're not forcing turnovers. And I think the part of that comes from the fact that. You don't have any elite pass rushers right now. I think Christian Barmore is a, a very, very good player on the inside. The problem is if he gets double teamed on every play because he's the only pass rusher they have, Yeah. well, like, what are we going to do? And Josh Uche can't beat – never mind never mind double team. He can't beat one guy to get in the backfield to make yeah. a play. So, well, and they've, they've also been in these positions where, you know, it's first down and you got Anthony Jennings out there because the other team might run and Josh Uche can't get on the field, which limits – the down to down effectiveness. Sure. I think if you took this defense and you add Christian Gonzalez, Marcus Jones, and Matt Judon back to it, yeah, they're right. elite. I think the way they're playing, and I think that makes everybody else better. And uh, I think there are still some holes you want to fill on this defense, but I think this is this is a defense you can win a Super Bowl with. That I, I believe wholeheartedly when it's healthy. And you you look at who's going to be on this team next year, who's going to be on this defense next year, even if we forget Kyle Duggar and and what it, what's going to go on there feel really good about where this defense is and the way they can fill it out in free agency. So yeah, they should have a championship able defense here for the next year or two minimum. It's just about, you know, if you get an offense that can do literally anything, a quarterback who can read defenses and throw the ball down the field right? Uh, and receivers who will support their quarterbacks. Shout out <laughs> Devontae Parker. What a scumbag that guy is, dude. Yeah, man. I just, 
he drives me he's, crazy. He's going to be off the team too because it's Juju's contract is tougher to move. You can really yeah. only get rid of it if you trade him, and I don't think somebody's going to take him. And he's a good locker room guy, so I think Juju is probably here next year as a depth receiver, veteran presence kind of that type of guy. And yeah. Parker is see ya on March whatever just, first day of the league year. Freaking stinks, man. And like my cousin, shout out to my cousin who like loves Devontae Parker, like loves him. He's like, oh, he's a beast, and he's a bit. I'm like, no, he's 2019. He's not. He was good. He was good. He isn't yeah. good right now. He just isn't. And so, you know, it's just not it, – it's one of those situations for the Patriots that I, I look at it and just think, this guy's got to go. you got to get this guy off your freaking team, man. And, uh, you know, and he's causing dissension in the locker room. And I, I, that's the hard part for me. Um, and so, I don't know. So, yeah. the, hard, the hard part, right, is that you start to look at it and you say, okay – who can we, you know, who can we keep around? And, you know, people in the chat are talking about firing, firing Bill O'Brien. And look, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. He's been, he hasn't been good at the same time. We're also talking about, they have the number two pick in the draft right now. If the season ended today, do you want to win or do you not want to win? You know, like, I think that that's, fans got to make up their mind here. Like, do you want to win or not want to win? We saw what the Panthers did today. Panthers didn't win. But they came awfully close against the Bucks, Bucks team that Panthers. wasn't great. <laughs> but like that Bucks team is pretty good, yeah. Right, and so the fact that they were able to to almost win that game, right? They had a fourth and one that they Bryce wasn't able to complete the pass, but they were right in that game. And yeah. so, you know, that's one of those things for me that I look at it and just say, like, man, if you fire Bill O'Brien and now you get that interim bump. I don't know. No. I just I feel like that's we're not. Gonna, I don't want that. I don't want to win a game not, here. I want to lose. We're not, we're not. We're not doing anything in season here. You keep the staff now. I think right. my concern with Bill O'Brien, like I, I think he's much better than the offense we've seen out there. I think a lot of the issues we've seen with the offense out there is that um, the vision is good and the players can't execute it. And we've seen Bill O'Brien be a good enough teacher for a long time in this league and in college. He's been too good at it for me to believe that he's the reason why guys aren't learning what's going on here. So that makes me think I got, it's probably not all on him. That said, we're looking at what's effectively the worst or the second worst offense in all of football right now. Yeah. It's hard to bring a guy like that back. It's hard to bring a guy like that back. If you're getting rid of the head coach and we're assuming it's going to be new quarterbacks, plural there next year. But one of them is going to be a young guy. Is he the guy to coach up a young quarterback in that position? I can't say no, but I also don't feel confident about yes right now. I definitely don't feel confident about yes. So if they move off of him and say, we want somebody else, we're going to handpick somebody for whoever the next quarterback is going to be. I can't fault that approach. Yeah. Well, and that's, and look, I mean, it's one of those funny situations, right? That we talk about when, when you look at whether it's good or not, I was chatting about, and someone in the, in the chat was saying kind of something similar. I was talking to someone about the, at the game about this, the worst thing you can have is a good quarterback. That's the worst thing you can have is a good quarterback. You either want a great quarterback or you want a crap quarterback. Because if you have a good quarterback, you can kind of dance around that, you know, hey, we're almost in the playoffs. We're not quite in the but we're there and we're close. Because, you know, you can compete with a good quarterback. The Giants are the perfect example of this. There's the Giants. 
They got a good quarterback in Daniel Jones. Is he great? Absolutely not. Is he terrible? Not I would say he's, he's not terrible. He's good. But they gave him this massive contract because you have to give him this massive contract. You don't have a choice. He's a starting quarterback. He played well last year. You got to give him the money. And so, and the Vikings with Cousins, Matt, is a good example too. But like, it's one of those situations where, hey, if everything works out perfectly, you feel like things are okay. If everything doesn't work out perfectly, you're in trouble. And, you know, the Patriots now have two, three, four, however many you want, you know, really crappy quarterbacks on the team. And so, you know, nobody, nobody is now looking at it saying you have a good quarterback. And Brandon's right. Brandon is in the chat saying Jones is terrible and, and he's been awful this year. But what did he do last year? He looked pretty good last year, right? And Mac Jones looked pretty good his rookie year. If Mac Jones had played the way he played his rookie year the rest of the way through, we'd be sitting here saying, well, what are you going to do? you got to pay Mac Jones. He keeps playing pretty well. Now we know. We know he's not that good. We know he stinks. So we don't have to worry about paying him. You know, and I think that that's, that's – a silver lining here is that we're not sitting in this eight to nine range, right? In this seven and 10 range. Like we're sitting here saying this team stinks. We need a hard reset, probably going to get rid of the whole coaching staff, you know, and you need basically a whole new offense. The defense, I think, you know, a few pieces here and there, but you basically need a whole new offense. And, you know, luckily for the Patriots, I think that now we're going to be drafting the top of the draft because of it. Yep, and now you got a chance to go fix your offense here with one pick in theory, and that's probably overstating it a little bit here. But right, you know, you can could be though. if you could, if you go from awful to average at a position that can do wonders for you. And if they get a quarterback who is just average as a rookie, I mean, this offense goes probably from bottom two, bottom three in the NFL to bottom. 12, which I'll take right now. And bottom 12 with this defense, and you're winning six or seven games, and you can feel good about the direction you're going, and then you see if you can build off of it. And, you know, it's the, the Cardinals winning today with the Patriots' loss. I mean, it's th- Thursday is a winnable game because it's going to be Mitch Trubisky, but I also don't think so with that Steelers defense. I think this offense might yeah, somehow I score agree. negative points. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, Denver looks good enough. Right now, obviously, Kansas City, like I don't I think Kansas City, I think the Kansas City game is going to be closer than people expect because they always dial up good game plans for Patrick Mahomes. Um, Yeah. And the Chiefs, frankly, their offense hasn't been that great lately. But the defense is really good now in Kansas City. And that's going to be really tough for them. Like They're not going to score much and they're not going to beat the Bills again. And then it's just that Jets game. That's the only game I think you're worried about them winning. And now with the Cardinals win. Patriots can win one game and comfortably have a top two pick in this draft. Correct. So uh, they are locked into having either the number two quarterback or Marvin Harrison Jr. here at worst, depending on what they want to do, or a lucrative trade back. And that's a dis- decent spot to be. And I, I know like the offense is really bad right now. And I think the offensive line looked rough at times today. They were able to run block well. And I'm going to discount some of the Trent Brown stuff today because he looks so hurt trying to move out yeah. there. I yeah. think you could bring back this line and feel somewhat comfortable with it, at least uh, as a step in a progression. You're not 
the the line you're putting out there next year isn't the one you want to win the Super Bowl with, but it's good enough to put a quarterback, a rookie quarterback behind with a little bit more investment into the depth this offseason. Uh, yeah. So then you're just hitting quarterback and receivers, and you hit on – if you can hit on both, which everybody's trying to do, you hit on both, and this thing gets jump-started, and you get going in a hurry. Right. Well, and I think, too, like when you when you look at what the Patriots have offensively, right? I, look, Bailey Zappi, I, I know there are Zappi fans out there that love Bailey Zappi and think that he's the next guy and he's the savior and he's the, the, he's not. He's not. I'm sorry he's not. He's like, really bad. We're at this. I mean, today. I'm telling you that first, the first, that first round, first round, the first quarter drive. There was one play where he had, um, he had Hunter Henry. He's rolled up to his right. Hunter Henry was just right in front of him. Henry was just standing in front. Of him. I mean, they're, they're running across the field. Henry's running across the field this way, and Zappy's running with them, <laughs> and he's just sitting there. And I'm like, would you throw the ball to Hunter Henry, please? And then, and then he, then finally, he finally saw him, him and threw it behind him. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Then on the yeah. next play, again, he's kind of moving around in the pocket. He's got Juju open, and he throws it on the ground next to Juju. And I'm like, what the hell was that? And look, I'll tell you, we've seen all sorts of crap from Mac Jones this year. Mac Jones isn't the answer either, right? But I'm looking, I'm watching this game saying, well, neither is friggin' Bailey's happy. Like, what is going on here? You know, and so when it's yeah, you know, it just is not, what it is. Yeah. Like we're the the boat's halfway in the water right now. The arrangement right. of the deck chairs doesn't matter. We're Correct. going down either way. Like it's we're more than halfway underwater at this point. Like it's we're <laughs> right. on we're on the the stern that's just barely sticking out of the water right now. That's that's where we're at. And we can if you want to if we want to change quarterbacks, we can change quarterbacks. Why not? We can keep moving around. Yep. You know, it's just swap, throw a new quarterback in there every time somebody throws a pick. Like, we, we could do that. Why not? But it's not right. it's not going to make a difference. And you get to this point, too. I know people have, have voiced complaints with how Bill Belichick has handled this. When you have three, four bad quarterbacks on a roster, there's no good way to handle it. There's no way it's going to look good. There's no way it's going to work. The problem is that you got three or four bad quarterbacks on the roster. That's yep. You solve the appearance issue by solving the fact that you just need better players there. Right. Uh, also, I just want to address this real quick because I've seen a lot of f- complaints about Bill talking to the press after the game today and the answer, the answers he was giving. I honestly liked the answer he gave. Belichick never throws players under the bus. Never. He doesn't give specific scheme things. Um, it's just a long-standing policy of his that he's basically he's never going to give answers that are going to possibly put his players in a worse position, either with the media or with opponents, anything like that. Right. And he stuck right. to it. And you're not – you can love him or hate him for it, but he's been the same guy for 30 years and don't change up on him now. Like, yeah, it's – this is who he is. He's not going to tell you the exact specific reasons behind every decision they make. It's, he didn't do it before. We all we all loved the we're on to Cincinnati stuff when that happened and he refused to give answers when they're questioning Brady. You can't, you know, go the other way when around, there's yeah. no back. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's really what it comes but, down to, yeah. And yeah, and Bill deserves criticism for what's going on with this team. There's no doubt about that. But the media stuff, it's Bill being Bill. And I, I, it feels a lot like select people in the press being upset that Bill has, you know, done this for years and finally being able to play that aha gotcha card or whatever and well, get back at them. That's what it is. They're pissed at him. They've been pissed at him for years. 
They want answers. He doesn't give he doesn't give sound bites. He doesn't. No. And they hate him for it. They've always hated him for it. And so you just like, okay, like fine, you can hate him for that, but it's just it's one of those things, man. I I uh yeah. I'm, I don't know. Oh God, Josh said something about Thornton. I didn't know. I didn't hear that. Um, yeah, he didn't. I don't think it was Thornton specifically, but he did kind of voice issues with the, the offense. That, yeah, yeah. He can't catch the ball. Which is that? What? What did I? I think it was on on here last week at some point where I said something about how I'd be okay with them winning games if it's because the young offensive players showed up and that's why they were doing it. Right. Well. <laughs> I mean that's right. Like there was your opportunity right there, and, and he just and that, like, that could have won them the game. That, that I mean that legitimately could have been they could that could have turned into a touchdown drive, and that would have won them the game. And instead, 100%. go and credit credit to Bailey Zappi too for he was asked about it and he took the blame for it, even though it wasn't on him. Um, and I will, you know, we I'll credit both both of the the main quarterbacks there in Zappy and Mac Jones and that they seem to be handling this very professionally with the press and yeah. that's that's one thing I didn't like in this but by all accounts Mac has been handling the situation very well behind closed doors and with Zappy and he's being a good teammate he's being encouraging and you got people on Twitter out there posting the one picture of him where he's got his head down in between sets or whatever throwing the football and it's like all right you're just you're trashing the dude when he's down there's right. no there's no need for that right yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, that's difficult, right? And so, but again, I mean, the offense is such a disaster right now, like such a disaster right now that I just like, it's, it's rough, right? And it's, look, I mean, if Devontae Parker doesn't land on top of a defender, they might win the game. Like, that was a nice catch by Parker. It was a nice throw by Zappy. You know, and Parker just unfortunately landed on top of the defender and didn't land on the ground. He, If he had landed on the ground, he would have landed on the ground inbounds. But because he landed on the defender, he wasn't technically down. And so his feet land out of bounds, and that's the end of that, you know? I don't think he would have been. I think his his foot went out of bounds before he landed on the guy. So maybe you're right. So maybe that. Yeah, so maybe uh, he would have been out of bounds no matter what. But yeah. but it was close. But, but at, least, at least his quarterback can put it where only he can catch it, though. That's the yeah, nice yeah, thing. Yeah. That's a great point. So... <laughs> I just can't. I can't with the freaking I'm guys. So with that anyway, dude. All right, let's hit, let's hit a break because uh, we're we're running behind on the break. Let's hit a break and then uh, and then we'll just we'll finish up here. I mean, there's a lot that we can talk about, but but let's just let's let's uh, we'll, we'll finish <laughs> up here. Here we go. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. MA21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pre-game money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. 
All right. So, all right. Patriots lost again today. So now they're two and ten. Cardinals won, right? So now they have three wins, which is yeah. real nice. So that's good for the Patriots. So now you say, okay, we're moving forward from the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have their bye next week, right? So they have the Cardinals have their bye next pretty week. Sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's so, got to be. I don't think you have any buys later on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have week 14 bye. I have James Conner. I think Connor it's. I, I kind of so. think it's weird to even have buys this late in the season. My, it's you shouldn't late. have. You shouldn't have buys after Thanksgiving. That should be like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they should all be in October and November, and you just fit it in then. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. But either way, if Carolina – so Carolina's strength of schedule is actually better than the Patriots right now, which is kind of crazy to think about, but their strength of schedule is better than the Patriots right now. So if the Patriots were to lose out and the Panthers were to win one game, just one, they got the Falcons still, they got the Bucks again, right? They got – uh, the Saints who, with Jameis Winston next week because it looks like Carr is going to be out for a few weeks. So in that situation, if they win a game, Patriots get the number one pick. You know, if, if Carolina can't win a game, then Patriots get the number two pick, and then um, the Bears end up with the number one pick, right, which is wild that the Bears end up with the number one pick. But you got to assume that the Bears are going to be drafting um, – that the Bears are going to be drafting – what's it called? Um Marvin Harrison, you, know? you would think oh, oh, yeah. that the Bears are going to be drafting a quarterback, you know, and to, maybe they believe in Justin Fields enough. I, I don't, in my I opinion, hope they're dumb don't. enough to do it. Well, I mean, and the other thing is, if they're going to keep um, Fields, especially with where they're picking, I I wouldn't be shocked if they trade out of the number one pick there for a team that does want a quarterback too. I mean, that, I agree with you. And that, well, that, that's the whole issue here for the Patriots. I've seen somebody mention, hey, like the Patriots are at three. The Cardinals aren't going to want a quarterback, so it's not going to matter. Yes, but the Cardinals might trade with somebody who wants a quarterback and you get Correct. jumped. And, yes. Or you're in the, the Bears-Trubisky position where you're at three and you got to give up real draft capital to move up one spot to pick a quarterback yeah. because they're putting it up for sale. So, you know, being able to control that, your destiny for that pick is nice and and our real shot at the number one overall pick. If we're going down, let's go all the way down. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. And honestly, it's one of those things where, like, it's the be- it'd be the best thing. And you look at look at the Colts, and obviously the Colts aren't aren't what you're you know what you want to pace your franchise off of. But look at the Colts, and nothing ended up happening with it because they didn't have the right guy. I, in my opinion, they never really had the right guy at, at head coach. But you know, they sucked that one year when Peyton Manning got hurt. And they get the number one pick and they get Andrew Luck in. And they were never able to to protect Andrew Luck the way they should have. They were never able to to build pieces around him enough to help him out significantly. But you got Andrew Luck in the building. Right. They they were in the AFC championship in year three of Andrew Luck. Right. Right. And so if the Patriots can get a situation where now, in my opinion, in my opinion, I believe that Caleb Williams is the number one pick. That's just my opinion. I know some people like Drake May. I like Caleb. He's my number one guy. Matter of fact, I'm trying to. I I, I thought maybe we can try to get uh, hashtag scrub for Caleb. I don't know if that really works. I don't know, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Like like suck for luck, scrub for Caleb. I don't it doesn't really work that well. But you know whatever. So um, either way, I, I think that you know it's one of those things where. You, you got to get that guy in the building. You got to you got to get in the building now. If the Patriots have the number two or number three pick, 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm not sure, you know, what what you can do. Um, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. I like the idea of what if you're a three and the Bears are four? What if the Bears will move up one pick to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and you can take, you know, Carolina's second-round pick next year? Yeah. Right? And Carolina's second-round pick next year is going to be a high pick to move back one spot, you know, and instead of taking Marvin Harrison Jr., you take – whatever, someone else. I don't know. You know, like whatever the case may be. But um, the biggest thing for me is that it's just going to depend on – and like you mentioned this before, if you want the number one pick, you have to lose out. But if Carolina's not going to win another game, it doesn't matter. You can win a game still yeah. and still get the number two overall pick, right? And so that's that's important for the Patriots, right? That's important for the Patriots to look at and say, okay, we can still win a game and still be at number two. Now, if you win a game, if you win next week in Pittsburgh against Mitch Trubisky, and then Carolina ends up winning another game, then you're like, oh, crap, we could have got, could have gotten the number exactly. one pick and it sucks, right? But, like, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? You know, there's nothing you yeah. can do about that. And so, um, and the, the guys are going to keep, I mean, these, all these players are fighting for their jobs. And, you know, it's, if there is one reason to bring Bill Belichick back as head coach, I'd argue it's the way he's kept the locker room together too, because outside of a couple guys on the offense giving quotes to the media, by and large, it's been a very tight ship despite how badly they're losing. You've got guys still fully bought in to what's going on with the way they're playing out there, which is incredibly impressive. Um, and it's funny too, because you know, you think everybody makes Bill out to be this difficult coach who nobody wants to play for. And that's not what you see out there. This isn't an effort thing. These guys just aren't good. Yeah. And the few players that they thought were good on the offensive side of the ball are either hurt or not nearly as good. And they missed on the evaluations. Um, Right. I think that's kind of what it's come down to. And then, yeah, at the end of the, I, I think in the draft, they probably do end up with that number two pick just, if Carolina's winning a game, I do think the Patriots are also going to be winning a game because that Carolina Probably. team is awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it if they did. Points, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, that, that offense, will, that offense here might actually win a few games. Yes. But um, and I'd love it for them to win. But if we end up with a number two pick, it's basically going to come down to how comfortable is whoever's making the call in April with whoever the number two quarterback on the board is. Right. And that's, right. it's a big question because sometimes teams love that guy and sometimes they get a little bit picky and they don't love him. Some, or it's, it's also about who the number two quarterback is. And we do that Drake and Caleb Williams thing. Do they think Jaden Daniels is in that conversation? That's something that started to come up about Daniels being a high first round pick now. And we'll see how much steam that actually gets here. But yeah. Uh, and the other thing I'll tell you too, if they, if they offer a trade back or Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever, you watch that Pac-12 championship game Friday night, both of the quarterbacks on that field are better than anybody on the Patriots roster. That's correct. I don't know if they're good. They may be bottom-tier NFL quarterbacks, and they are actively better than the guys the Patriots are putting out there. And it's also funny if you go back and look at Michael Penix and Bo Nix's history. I'm pretty sure Nix started, like his first year starting at Auburn was Mac Jones's first year starting at Alabama. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure it was something like that. So uh, older quarterbacks, but guys who have the basics down and who can make all the throws and you feel confident about them being at least a high-level backup caliber guy, I think. Uh, that, that's your worst case. Not your worst case. Your worst case with any quarterback is that they can't play and they bottom out of the league. So right. there is no 
there's no four. But right, and I think I think the big thing is if you're sitting at two, and Caleb Williams is your guy, he's your number one guy. He's the quarterback that you're like, okay, he's a, he's a franchise altering player. So two things, right? Two things. You they can do one of two things. They can try to trade up for the number one pick, which I don't love. It just really depends on what the Bears are willing to give up. When it also, if the Bears, if you and the Bears both want the same quarterback, the price to move up is going to be it's going to be way too. It'll be prohibitive. Yeah, you're going to have to give up like three first round picks to move up a spot, which which is just not not worth it. Of course, right? It just all it just depends, right? So just just to give an idea, because TJ asked a question about what does it typically cost to move up from the first pick to the second pick. If you go to the Rich Hill draft chart, and again, the Rich Hill draft chart, I mean, we're a little biased because Rich Hill's on this network, but but the Rich Hill draft chart is, is is really kind of what you're looking at, right? It's one of those things that, hey, all right, let's see what the value chart is. Just so we have an idea, the number one pick is 1,000 points. The number two pick is 717 points. The number 33 pick is 180 points. So you're talking about the difference in value, and, and the difference in value is roughly the 18th pick in the draft, 17th and, or 18th pick in the draft. So you're talking about two first-round picks to move up from two to one. And, and you can pretty much always guarantee that when there is a QB trade in the top five, top 10 of the draft, you can just go ahead and add like another first-round pick in 100%. value on top of right. that. That's And I love Rich Hill and his draft value chart, but also the values kind of break down at the top because of course. When you're, of course. Because when it's the top of the draft, you're not trading for a draft pick. You're trading for a prospect, and it's all right. about the value of that prospect. That's why, you know. If you're trading for a defensive end at the top, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be as expensive as if you're trading for a quarterback at the top. So yeah, yeah. moving moving from two to one there, I think would be incredibly difficult and not worth it for this team. So you know, it's gonna be number two and yeah. how they feel about that guy. And you know, it's, the thing that you have on your side here as a Patriots fan is it's the Bears picking ahead of you. And man, oh man. They usually mess it up when they're picking a quarterback. (laughs) So if you pick, if it's a pick between two quarterbacks and you get to pick the one the Bears like or the one the Bears don't like, you can make a lot of money going with the one the Bears don't like. So that's a good spot to be in. (laughs) Great point. Now, it might be a new regime, but still, it was an old regime that drafted Drubisky, too. So uh, Mike Mike Lather mentions uh, talking about the 18 free agents set to leave the Patriots, and that's a conversation we have to have, of course. Uh, Someone mentioned Jim Harbaugh. Do not. Under any circumstances, do not let Jim Harbaugh anywhere near this goddamn franchise. Hey, sh- shout out to number one Michigan, though. Hey, Go good for them. I don't want him anywhere near this franchise. Nowhere. Um, and so, and then someone asked about what can we get for Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick is going to move on, all right, if Bill Belichick moves on and goes somewhere else, I'd be surprised if you didn't get at least a second round pick from him, if not a first round pick. Um, and I think, you know, a first round pick, you're talking about a mid-level first round pick. So let's just say he went to somewhere like LA. But you're probably not getting you're probably not getting uh you know a first round pick from them this year. Yeah. But maybe a 2025 like my thought is a 2025 first round pick because yeah. give them a year, 
get a little bit better, and then go from there. You know, and so, and that's kind of yeah, the situation I, that that I think you're in, and that helps. It's going to help you in the long run. When they you look at the Sean Payton trade that just happened, I think as kind of a rubric for it. The only difference is the Sean Payton trade. I think uh, Denver really wanted Payton, and they were kind right. of in a spot where they were held over a barrel for it. That's not going to yeah. be the case here with Bills. You're going to get less. But the Sean Payton trade was a first and a second for Sean Payton and a third round pick. Yeah. So they did send that back, and which by the way, I wouldn't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like a second round pick for Bill. That yeah. that wouldn't shock me, or like a conditional thing. It's like a, a second that converts to a first if you know they make the playoffs in his first year, type of thing. Right. And, and Da is mentioning you know Harbaugh's record in the NFL. He's right. You're right. Harbaugh's record in the NFL was great. I don't care. I don't care. The guy's an asshole. He's an asshole. I don't he, want him. Yes, you know the the one the one positive with Jim Harbaugh is that he has been. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things here. One, he. He's been very good at developing quarterbacks. Yeah, that's been a strength of his there. Yeah, and the second he has managed an offense, which I think is what they've been trying to do in New England, which is mixing the like spread offense in the passing game with the power running game. And there's you know it's not the same as the Lions. It looks very different, and they use different personnel. But there's some. I think similarities between what the Patriots have wanted to do and what's been done at Michigan. So I think there could be a personnel fit. I'll also add the third thing. He's been a very good CEO type there. If that's what you're looking for. He's consistently yeah. outside of, you know, certain hires. Uh, he's consistently surrounded himself with very competent people. People who are very good at what they do. And, you know, the one of the hot guys on the market this offseason is going to be Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator in Baltimore. That's a, a Jim Harbaugh guy who yeah. was there at Michigan. So I, I think there's questions around Jim Harbaugh, and I'm not entirely sold on it, and questions around him, you know, translating to the NFL. It's also, you know, he's he's not the youngest guy anymore, so you don't know how long he'd be around, but I right. think you could do a lot worse. No, listen, you're not you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. And I do think, look, I just I personally don't like Jim Harbaugh, and so I don't want to see him here because I don't like the guy. Maybe that's unfair, but that's how I feel. Look, he's um, a, he's a strange human being. He's a weird dude. He's a weird <laughs> dude but you know, and, and it's I also think I want I want a young guy that's going to bring us into the 21st century. That's what I want. I want a young guy that's going to bring us into the 21st century. Do I think Gerard Mayo is going to do that? Not necessarily. Do I also think that we need like something different? I think I think we need something different, right? Like we need a new. I just I feel like we have to almost clean house and get rid of all the coaches. Maybe if you can stay like, you know, you want uh, what's his name to stay on the offensive line, that's fine. Mike Pellegrino, I think. Uh, Adrian Clem is who I'm thinking of. Of course, Adrian Clem hasn't been around, but you know, because he's been he's been sick. But like, if you want Adrian Clem and Billy Yates to stay on the offensive line, I think they've been okay at the offensive line. I think Mike Pellegrino has done a really nice job with the corners. So like, if you you know if you want some guys stick around, sure, but I think a lot of those guys are going to have to go, and um, it, it, we'll see. I, I just I don't know if I want I don't know if I want a Bill Belichick disciple as the next head coach because I just feel like you're getting more of the same, right? Whereas I want I want to move into the 21st century. And listen, if if Gerard Mayo is sitting here saying, "Hey, I love Bill, love love Bill," we're moving on. 
We're not, this is not no longer the Patriot way. This is no longer this. I have my own ideas about how I think things should be done. Um, and he, he wants to do them that way. Then I don't necessarily hate it. It's just, you know, that, that's the biggest thing that I want to, um, that I, you know, that I want to, to do. Well, and it's tough right now because it's, it, it's also tough to evaluate some of the current offensive coaches and like the strategy there because whoever they've put in a quarterback can't execute the strategy. I mean, you can't, how are you supposed to tell how good the ideas are if we only ever get to see what the ideas are when they're on the field being executed poorly? Right. Um, it's true. So I, it's it true. makes it tough. That's, and that's why like, I, I actually really liked the philosophy behind what the Patriots were doing. I just think they messed up really badly in evaluating the players to go into it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's tough. It's We can't really tell because, you know, the players are so bad that it's hard to actually, you know, get an idea on yeah, what they wanted to do and how they want to do it. Like it's, And you could see that with the quarterback play. It's just they don't know what they're doing out there. Bailey Zappi was late on, like, every single throw he was trying to make without outside of, like, two or three of them. And one yeah. of them was one of them was that drop by Tyquan Thornton. So right. it's just well, and you know, I mean, small. look, this is the this is just it's been the same story over and over again. Right, it's been the same story over and over again. Devontae Parker, you know, Mac Jones hit him where only he could where only he could catch it right in the hands, you know, in Vegas, and he dropped it. And Devontae Parker, I mean, not Devontae Parker now, Tyquan Thornton today, and it's just it's happened over and over and over again. Even you know, you go back to go back to the Philly game in the first game of the season. You know, where Kendrick Bourne on third and 12, uh, you know, he makes makes the play and he doesn't, right? Mac makes a great throw and, you know, Bourne drops it and, and you know, they lose on the next play. So it just becomes it, – it becomes some of those things. You know, when I see people in the chat talking about Brady or Peyton Manning or someone like that, come on, those guys – you need – if you're going to be an NFL executive, you're, you're an NFL lifer. You're a lifer. That, that's that's it. You're in. You're there, right? And so, these guys work nonstop, nonstop. So I, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I don't think Brady would be a good coach anyway. And I think he's kind of admitted that. Um, yeah. When that's, I mean, when you're that's this is the issue too with guys who are that good. They don't understand how to teach other people right. the sport because right. it's comes so naturally to them and obviously not taking away anything from you know tom brady's work ethic because that's also outstanding but yeah you don't get to where he was if you don't have a really intuitive understanding of what's going on out there and you're not sure. not that good that's yeah. why you see a lot of like backup quarterbacks become good coaches kevin o'connell in minnesota who's done a really good job out there this season back up in new england and, you know, journeyman type guy who yep. had to do that so um now it's I, I don't hate the idea of Mayo as head coach either. I just I, – I I think whatever you do going forward, you have to have a, a vision and you got to, like, stay to it. Like you got to – whatever Kraft is doing, you got to lean into something all the way. Don't have to do something. I agree. Uh, commit I agree. behind whatever you're doing. And if it misses, it misses. But I think, you know, you got you got enough talent on this team that you go all in on trying to build up this offense as fast as you can and you see what can happen. And if it falls flat, it falls flat and you're back where you are right now. Who cares? Right. And that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, pick something and stick with it. And and honestly, like, you know, I don't think Belichick is the right – I don't think Belichick is the right guy to, to lead this team anymore. Right? But if, if Robert Kraft is looking at this team and saying he's the only guy – that we have left that I've, I trust and I feel like it, well, then, 
what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? Stop watching the games? Like, I just that's on that's on craft to make that decision, right? And so, um, you know, it's it's going to be a tough. It that's a tough decision to make. I don't know what they're looking at, um, but you know, what are we going to do? Like, I you know, I hope that he doesn't make that decision. But if he does, you know, it's just like is what it is. You got to you got to trust that he's going to make the he's going to make the right decision and the right evaluation. And so, um, but we'll see. Look, we'll see. And I think too, like, you know, for the Patriots, when you talk, and this is going to be the one thing, here's the one thing about this. It's going to be such a fun off season. There's a million free agents for the Patriots. They got, you know, a hundred million dollars in cap space, right? They might have a new coach. They're going to have a top, Two or three pick in the draft. You know what I mean? Like that, like that is there's gonna be a lot of fun things to talk about, right? And and people right now are discussing take Marvin Harrison Jr., no, take Drake May, no, take Caleb Williams. No. What are they gonna do? If they have the number two pick in the draft, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna draft Caleb Williams? Are they gonna draft Drake May? It's gonna be Oh my right? god! Patriots Twitter is going to be something. It's going to be, be like the te- it's going to be like the Team Edward, Team Jacob stuff with Twilight, but with draft well, picks for the next three months, four months, five months. I did months, not see a Twilight way. reference coming, but I like it. But you know, but my girlfriend's going to love that one. But it's <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, do they do they fall in love with Michael Penix Jr. and they feel that they can get Michael Penix Jr. in the second round or late in the first round? Do they fall in love with Bo Nix? Which, oh God, I hope they don't. But, like, do they fall in love with Bo Nix? Like, I don't – you know, like, who's the guy that they're like, oh, I like this guy a lot? Do they do they go crazy, right? Do they go crazy and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. at two and trade a fourth-time pick to Chicago for Justin Fields and then take another quarterback in the fourth, fifth round and just for the hell of it, just see what happens? You know, and try and see if you can make something happen with, with Justin Fields, and see if that quarterback's got anything got anything he can do. The quarterback that they draft later in the draft, and I haven't looked at the late round quarterback, so I'm not sure who that would be. But whatever, say you take one of those quarterbacks later in the, in the draft, and you just see, okay, can is anything going to come of that? I don't know. They have a ton of options, right? And so, um, I think that that that's really the situation. TJ wants to know if Drake, Drake May is Edward or, or Jacob. I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't know enough about. Uh, I don't know enough about Twilight <laughs> to make some comparisons. Maybe I'll get back to you on that one. So, but I, I think that that's really that's the situation, and they should not give Lee Cunningham a shot before drafting a quarterback because if you're drafting a quarterback at the number two overall spot or the number one overall spot, come on now. Well, they, I mean, they can give him a Lee Cunningham a shot. Why not? You know, right. give a fan a shot on the last game of the season. It doesn't. It literally does not matter what they do with the quarterback position. None of these yeah. guys are good. None of these guys are the guy. And they're picking high enough to take a guy who could be the guy if they like him. So you know, we're, this the solutions are possible for this team. Solutions are not coming in the next five weeks. Although they technically are not eliminated from the playoffs, I believe they would be with a loss on the Thursday night, which you know. I think this is pretty obviously going to be, be happening. Nice. That'd be pretty nice. So, yeah. uh, by the way, someone says Roberto's in the Drake Mays and other Mac Jones. Um, just because he's white doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean that that I, you know. I I have my issues with Drake May right now as a prospect, but I do think he's a better prospect than Mac Jones was coming out a hundred percent. And if I think if Mac was coming out in this draft class, he'd be with like the 
Michael Penix. He'd be in like the JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix, Bo Nix yes. conversation. Right. Um, so he wouldn't be like, he'd be a late first high second type in this group. So yeah. I think I got to, you know, it's been really annoying. I've tried to watch more Jaden Daniels tape and it's really hard to find like the actual coaches film. So I'm hoping I can get more of that at some point. Cause I want to look at him and see what they got, but you know, they need, yeah. they need receivers too. That's the thing you got to their, their second round pick probably matters as much as their first round pick here. No. Yeah, in a lot in a lot of ways, and then also the going back for a second. I texted you about this Friday night, but for second round pick, that left tackle that Washington has. I was watching that game. He is he's got some nasty stuff as a run blocker, and there's talk about him projecting inside to guard. So that's the kind of guy where you take a pick like that, and it's you don't know yet if he's going to be a tackler or a guard, but you know he can block well, and. Right. You know, you can have him compete with Strange for a job. You can have him kick outside the tackle as the Trent Brown air or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I just I'm telling you, I think at this point right now and we talked about it and I don't want to get too far into the weeds here with with draft talk. But like, I don't know, man, I I honestly wonder if if you sign Trent Brown and Mike on back, your first round pick should be a quarterback. Your second round pick should be a wide receiver. Like, I, I just think that that's. That's where you go now. Maybe maybe you sign T. Higgins in free agency, and you say we don't need to. But I I think you should still be drafting wide receivers, even if you sign someone like T. Higgins. I just feel like I got I don't know. I got issues with T. Higgins is tough for me too because it's like he's had a rough season. I know, and and it's you get worried that that's another Devontae Parker. I'm not worried about the mindset of him, but he doesn't separate. I get it. We're looking for juice, right? You're right. But I don't know who else is out there, right? And who are you going to get? This is this is you the know? tough thing is that it's very hard to get those premium players unless you draft them. So that's the the simplest solution here is to draft somebody with pick thirty four that ends up being an all pro wide receiver. That's Correct. kind of the goal here. Yeah. And or I mean the other thing you can do if you want is if you're if you're sitting there at thirty four and pick twenty three is on the board and like. Roma Dunze from Washington still hasn't come off and you trade up for him, that type of thing. Right. You pair him with Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whomever. Yeah. So that's, I don't hate that idea either. It just, you know what it becomes, it becomes a situation where, and again, if you're, this is, if you're drafting a two, you know, if you're drafting a two, do you think about trading back to three, you know, and well, maybe not to three. I mean, that's, this is the hard thing, right? If you want a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., you got to take him at two. Because if you're moving back to three, it's because the team at three wants to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Like that's – or so that's, yeah. you know, so that's the situation. Yeah, so. By the way, someone mentioned Mike Evans. Mike Evans, I mean, bro, 10 straight years with 1,000 yards receiving every year. I, is incredible. I love, I love incredible. to bring him. In some ways, I'd almost rather him over T. Higgins – only because he's the fact that he's older means you're going to get him cheaper and he can almost be like a nice bridge receiver for you while you figure out the rest. Although look, I mean, depending on what they want to do, if you draft neighbors or Odunze or Marvin Harrison jr. And you go out there with him, Kendrick Bourne and Demario Douglas and the draft pick hits like you think it will. It's Mm -hmm. a fine receiving group. They're one of the issues that one of the reasons this offense looks so bad right now is that they only have two good players. They have two playmakers in this entire offense and they're hurt. Right. Um, 
And it's just like they're not that's it's a it's a tough spot to be. They're bad, but they're also unlucky right they're now. They're also hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's I think I think what we're watching right now, this is the 2000 Patriots, but without Drew Bledsoe. That's what we're seeing. Right. Lots of these lots of really ugly games and these these one score losses and the offense can't move the ball cuz the quarterback play isn't there, but yeah. you know, you you get on a couple of things and you can get it going in the right direction. They're going to have the draft capital to do it. You just got to make it work. Yep. Yep. So Anyways, all right, let's get the heck out of here. We have a whole offseason to talk about draft talk. We're going to spend a ton of time doing it. Just a reminder um, that since the game is on Thursday and I'm going to Pittsburgh on Wednesday night, um, <laughs> that we will be recording on Tuesday night, um, not on not on our typical Wednesday night. Um, so we'll be going from there. I think the I think I'm going to schedule the podcast to come out Thursday morning instead of uh, instead of Friday morning, which is our typical. We're, we're we're having a guest on Tuesday, right? I believe so. Yes, that's yeah. the plan. Um, yeah. I got to figure out exactly who it's going to be, and then oh, we are. Yeah, you know who it's going to be, right? We've already yeah. talked about that, right? So yeah. we are having a guest on Tuesday, and then on Thursday you're going to be you're going to be a solo man on Thursday. So if you want, um, oh boy, yeah, if you want to pick someone else up, just because I don't know how I'm going to record right after the game on Thursday night. Yeah, that in, would be tough. From the hotel room at, in Pittsburgh, you know what I mean? So yeah, that uh, hotel Wi-Fi is something else. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, Not well, just that, but it's you. also like you know one. It's it's a studio. Um, I can't. Oh yeah, only supposed to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, let me tell you. There's uh, what do you call it? A college basketball podcast I listen to, and the guys, the CBS one, and the guys who do it are always traveling for games and stuff. Yeah, and it's just you know every other episode, it's some guy <laughs> in a hotel, or like the Wi-Fi is not working, or somebody forgot something. Like the number of times they started a podcast episode, and it's I'm sorry, I sound bad. I forgot the cord, and somebody's mailing it to me from the last hotel I was in. I love it. It's uh, so good. It, it kills me. Uh, so yeah, this this Kansas City. Green Bay game is interesting. Turned out to be a good game. Turn out to be, I'll is tell you what, Green Bay, Green Bay has turned a corner. Green Jordan Bay Love has turned good. a corner. They looked like they were really bad, and Jordan Love has played extremely well as of late. Um, they are, what's there, eight minutes left? Yeah, they're still up by two. I mean, they're they're playing well. Yeah, so giving them a shot. Helping uh, my fantasy team, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I know we didn't talk about it, but we did get a question in there. College football playoff. Do you have any yes, thoughts on the field? Just quickly, look, The here's the really hard thing. I understand. I understand that putting in FSU probably would have been the right thing to do, but I also understand not putting in FSU. Like their starting quarterback is out for the year; he's not playing anymore, right? And I know their backup played okay, but like they're clearly not the same team anymore. Like clearly. They're not the well, same not, team anymore. And not only that, the thing that kind of swayed me on this, like forget about the quarterback thing. Florida State's undefeated yep. with the 55th hardest schedule in college football. Right. Alabama has one loss with the fifth hardest schedule in all of college football, and that included a team a win over a number one team in there. Right. Even you forget the quarterback thing, that, that resume difference – alone is enough to at least have them be like a tie and then the quarterback Correct. is a pretty clear tiebreaker there so i i was One very out. pro fsu and then i yeah. kind of went through some of the reasoning last night and i was like okay i i didn't think i thought they were going to put fsu in because they put ohio state in when they were down to their third string quarterback way back in the first one of these back in 2014 and I thought 
I thought the committee was going to do that, but I was like, I'll, I'm going to understand if they do put in Bama here. And I think the like Michigan Bama being like a pick them right now, I think says a lot. It's close. Yep. It says a yep. lot about, you know, Bama is a very good team. Well, and I think, I think Alabama has the single most impressive win of the season, right? They mm-hmm. beat the number one team in the nation. Defending champs. Right. The, the, the only other win that could be more impressive than that one right now is Texas over Alabama by 10 at Alabama. Those are right. And, and Texas is in. Right. And yeah. so like, so that's the argument where it's like, you can't make the argument Texas. You couldn't, in my opinion, you couldn't not put Texas in, but you, ha- but I like, I get it. I Te- understand why you didn't put FSU. Ultimately you want the four teams in, but this is why, this is why a 12 team tournament's a million times better because if I- FSU really is that good and they really feel they can compete. Now you get your chance. So I just, I was a big proponent of the 12 team 12 team playoff when they announced it and now the closer we've gotten to it the less I enjoy it because I look at it and I also I'm a Michigan fan so I'll put that out there but like Michigan Ohio State 2 weeks ago Thanksgiving weekend yep was as big or that a week ago a week ago was as big a deal as it was because that is an elimination game not only is it a rivalry game it is an elimination game at the end of the season Right and now, what's going to happen is they're going to play in the last week of every season, and the Big Ten, Big Ten's changing it so the conference championships between the two top teams. So what's probably going to happen is Michigan and Ohio State play on somebody's home field on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. One week later, we'll play on a neutral site for the Big Ten championship, even though they right. just played. Yeah. And then after that, might meet in the playoff. And it's like, I don't know. College, the whole one of the big appeals of college football is that the season's short and you really only play teams once, right. maybe twice. There shouldn't be situations here where guys are where teams are playing each other three times. That makes no sense to me. I do, I do agree with you. However, if Michigan Ohio State play twice and one of those teams wins twice, that's it. They're, that team's out. You know what I mean? And, Not and so, necessarily because if it's Michigan Ohio State, Ohio State's going to drop to like ten. Right, and they'll still get right. in, and they'll still be I, yeah. good, and they'll win their team, and then you know they'll be they'll end up you know going back to Michigan in the second round or whatever. Yeah, no, you could um, be right, and you could be right. Yeah, and listen, yeah, I, but I ultimately think my big thing is that let's get let's get the best teams in there. Just get the best teams in. I want to see more of the best teams. Look, because someone mentioned too, like Georgia had a case. Georgia. Loses one game this year. They lost one game. They were the number one team that lost one game and they're out. Yeah. You know what? So it's like, I I mean, I I understand (laughs) that, right? But Alabama lost and they're in. Texas, is Texas undefeated? No. Okay. So they lost Oklahoma. Right. So so now you look at it and say, okay, there was how many undefeated teams are there? Michigan's undefeated. Yes. It's just Michigan for power conference. It's Michigan, Washington, and Florida State, and then I believe Liberty is also undefeated. They may have right. lost their conference championship. Right. So Michigan that. and Washington make it. Alabama loses, and they're in. Yeah. Right. And so, so you start looking at it and saying, "Well, we got two one-loss teams in there, right?" And so, yeah. you know, and look, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be in there. I'm just saying that Georgia has one loss. That's against Alabama. Like, yeah. you so know, and my. You know. The thing that I saw that I kind of liked that I thought made it a good mix of traditional college football in this is to go back to the old uh, pre like BCS bowl system where you get the conference tie-ins and everybody goes to a bowl. 
yeah. and then to do rankings after that and to pick the two best teams for a national championship. Because then you'd have like the Rose Bowl as Michigan-Washington right now, and you'd have, I don't know, I, I don't know all the other bowl tie-ins. But basically all of these issues we'd be talking about would be solved in these traditional bowl games, and you get to keep the pageantry and the, that. And then a week later, you know, whatever – you pick a whole bunch of bowl games to be played in a short window and you pick January 2nd or whatever to be the day that it's like, all right, we're going to announce who's in the national championship game. And you play it a week later. I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah. The only, now I will say the appeal of the college football playoff is that you do get games on home field, like the 12 team. I right. think that's a lot of fun. I think we should do more of that in college football. I think the less neutral site games is a good thing. The atmospheres are fun. That's that's what we need. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna see, you know, like LSU have to go play at some team up north in January or December. Like that's fun. Let's let's see some of that these SEC teams going into cold weather environments in January. That's not something that ever happens. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So we'll see. We'll see. So Anyways, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, some good college football talk there for you, for you, uh, for you football heads out there. <laughs> We've had almost more college football talk than Patriots talk on the show the last couple yeah. Of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, Patriots but, uh, not on the in the hunt graphic on NBC. They're sports. not. They are not. No, and nor should they be anywhere near. No. So, um, not in the hunt. They are the hunt this year. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. <laughs> so, anyways, well, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We'll, we're going to be back. Like I said, Tuesday night we'll be back with a special guest, uh, and then Matt will be flying solo unless he can pull someone in with him on Thursday night after the game. And, uh, yeah. and that's it. But thanks for listening. We, yeah. we appreciate if, you guys. Love you guys. And, and we'll if, talk you guys, if you guys have any uh, like team-building future questions strategy-wise for the Patriots mm-hmm. that you want answered on Tuesday, send them in because we got our guest specializes in that. Yeah, and honestly, that's – I mean that's kind of where we're headed, right? Like we're not we're not breaking down games. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're not having a lengthy discussion about Bailey Zappi versus Mitchell Trubisky. It's not happening. So does it, so does gonna, it, does it matter? Else. Yeah. Right. That's, right. So. Yeah. Anyways, all right, guys. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.